2017, the International Energy Agency and others reported that among all energy sources, oil and gas use comprised of over 55% of the record 32.8 billion tons of carbon dioxide released into the atmosphere in that year alone. Jumping to 2019, a key finding in the December 2019 Oil and Gas Climate Report by the Center for International Environmental Law states that carbon emissions from oil and gas in operating fields and mines globally will push the world beyond 1.5 degrees centigrade of warming and make it impossible to meet our global obligations under the Paris Agreement. This is true even if global coal use were phased out overnight and cement emissions were drastically reduced. The danger of global warming is so high that the United Nations issued a warning in 2018 that we have just 12 years to limit devastating global warming and in June 2019, Pope Francis himself warned oil and gas executives gathered at the Vatican for the energy transition and care for our common home conference about the dangers of climate change and urged them to help mitigate it. With a message this clear, oil and gas companies have begun their fair share of green initiatives with reforestation projects and investments in renewable energy sources. But the biggest difference will be made when the main operation of oil and gas companies becomes greener. And our guest on AM Infocast today, Dr. Shastri Kandukuri, Senior Principal Specialist and Global Additive Manufacturing Lead at DNVGL, points out that adopting 3D printing is the way to go about it. Welcome to the third episode of AM Infocast's inaugural series, the journal series with Aditya Chandavarkar and me, Abhishek Gokar. A brief introduction to Dr. Shastri Kandukuri. With bachelor's and master's degrees in metallurgical and materials engineering and a second master's degree in computer science and management from prestigious universities in India and a PhD in additive manufacturing domain from the Catholic University of Louvain, Belgium, Dr. Shastri joined DNVGL at its head office in Norway 13 years ago as a global material specialist. He occupied several technical and program managerial roles with prime responsibilities for delivering expert advice, research and consulting services to internal and external customers. Currently, he is leading additive manufacturing innovation programs at DNVGL's Global Additive Manufacturing Technology Center of Excellence in Singapore. Dr. Shastri is well known in the industrial and scientific community for his pioneering contributions to the advancement of additive manufacturing and has won many awards globally. He received the Young Scientist National Innovation Award from the then Prime Minister of India in 1999. He was the invited recipient of the Belgian Government Fellowship in Technical Metallurgy in 2001. And he also won the Best PhD Thesis Award by European Powder Metallurgy Association UK in 2008. He has over 20 years of diverse experience in maritime, oil and gas and manufacturing sectors. Welcome to AN Infocast, Dr. Shastri. Abhishek, uh, thank you very much. Uh, also, Aditya, uh, inviting me uh, to this uh, today's podcast on additive manufacturing in oil and gas industry and some of the specific topics. Yes, glad to have you on board, Dr. Shastri. Moving on to the first question. OEMs play a major part in the oil and gas industry. With the adoption of additive manufacturing, there could be a shift in paradigm wherein the oil and gas companies 3D print parts in-house. 
how do you propose oems stay relevant post adoption of 3d printing so first of all maybe i should uh, tell talk about in general even without additive manufacturing what is happening in the uh, oil and gas industry especially in the in the backdrop of uh, low oil prices so that have a significant effect on the industry um, that is more broadly and deeply so um, as a result of the low oil prices and all the recent situations oil and gas operators always uh, respond to such situations in multiple ways uh, to cut costs in particular by trying to squeeze out supply chain costs so uh, then this is a very good opportunity um, for uh, suppliers like oems to reinvent their supply chain system uh, to be cost effective and pass on those benefits to the oil and gas industry back so am can provide um, a, a competitive opportunity to these oems for example operators have demanded recently uh, in the in the recent uh, market response um, oil field equipment and service vendors to provide and deliver value added offerings for example combining new equipment sales with services so in my opinion um, this situation um, in benefits oems to uh, to have um, the after sales market also in one kind of a contract so we see that uh, this new situation um, oil and gas companies um, uh, uh, and also service providers uh, oems can benefit combinedly for example bundling of products and services um, in addition to the equipment uh, so will help operators to cut uh, cut down the large capital expenses and uh, the responsibility of the maintaining of the equipment could be um, uh, passed down to OEMs so which is a risky low risky solution for um, operators whereas OEMs can benefit using additive manufacturing as a on-demand production uh, supply uh, system and also operators are increasingly delegating many equipment specifications and procurements to epcs this is one of our observations so in this scenario um, operators um, are outsourcing the in the specifications to epc contractors where the, the relation between epcs and oems needs to be stronger uh, because epcs could um, uh, ask uh, for uh, stringent qualifications of the equipment uh, so the relation between oems and uh, epcs could be much stronger and additive manufacturing can actually build, bring uh, an added advantage uh, to build this relation uh, because um, uh, oems and oil field service companies are facing a common pressure um, and uh, the AM can let them to generate uh, revenue um, in markets where uh, they, they are highly dependent on uh, traditional supply chain system. So also OEMs could take advantage of this emerging digital supply chain platform 
uh, that is uh, more digital um, when when they add additive manufacturing to the supply chain system where the protection of their ip rights is much more um, reliable than the traditional uh, uh, supply chain system so um, so we, uh, also there could be ways that um, the production could be moving towards the oil and gas operators uh, locations but oil and gas operators may not necessarily producing the parts uh, oem parts but um, they could but there could be a, a arrangements between um, operators and oems to produce these parts uh, in locations uh, in some occasions maybe operators themselves could produce the parts but these are all will will actually reduce the overall cost and boost the availability of uh, various parts so so this is how i can conclude that um, the new emerging digital supply chain um, backed by am uh, will really benefit uh, that was some great insight moving on to the next question it is predicted that global warming shall hit the permanent damage stage soon if nothing is done to drastically reduce carbon footprint globally and oil and gas is one of the industries that actually needs to reduce its carbon footprint the fastest do you think adopting 3d printing will catalyze this process yes so 3d printing um, and uh, decarbonization can go together very well if uh, understand um, this um, this issue in a in a high level uh, matter for example uh, 3d printing can actually influence in at least two to three areas i can see uh, two direct areas and one indirect area uh, to reduce the carbon uh, emissions or the are uh, that increase the decarbonization so for example um, 3d printing technologies prove to reduce production time minimize the wastage and reduce the labor cost significantly in several cases so this all contribute to the decarbonization because this is enabled by on site production and eliminate the need to transport the components so this is the the second most important point first point is manufacturing at the site on demand uh, reduce the wastage um, of uh, parts to be you know uh, uh, to be to be going to the storage also now um, you will reduce the transportation costs in fact you know when you replace a part you have a two way transportation cost one is um, one is going to the field uh, or the location where you would use and you have to lift it and bring bring back the parts that are um, that are going back uh, uh, to to the recycling so 3d printing in future um, could also contribute to recycling of the materials uh, that could be consumed at the the place they are um, they are actually used so uh, recycling also could be uh, recycling of materials say that it could be polymers or metals um, it could be one contribution uh, even though um, the pace of decarbonization effect uh, could be different depends on the additive manufacturing uh, developments 
and the other one we could see is uh, the functional life of aging oil and gas assets uh, could be extended by reconditioning uh, that AM could facilitate. AM can facilitate to recondition to many critical parts uh, to, to the almost like new. So this will also reduce the production of new parts, transportation of those parts to the um, to the site. So uh, in this way, the uh, life cycle cost of the equipment will be reducing and that also results into decarbonization. And the third one I can see, uh, in fact, this is uh, probably, um, you might have seen the news yesterday um, that DNVGL is working with Wilhelmsen in, um, in Singapore, where um, Wilhelmsen is the, trying to transport um, 3D printed parts to the vessels uh, that are that are um, uh, anchored in the sea uh, through drone technology. So uh, today this is a limited distance, but they are envisaging very long distances. So in that way, you don't need offshore supply vessels going to deliver a, a five kilopot or ten kilopot and and add um, emissions. So, um, so this also, um, so now drones that could use electrical energy um, actually could serve uh, parts uh, to, to far uh, reaching uh, areas uh, like offshore platforms that could be even 100 kilometers away from the shore. So over the time, these kind of uh, fusion of technologies could also uh, reduce the decarbonization, um, uh, reduce the carbon emissions and help to decarbonization. Thank you, uh, Dr. Shastri. I think uh, your insights so far are providing a you know good overview of how oil and gas industry uh, can use 3D printing. Uh, in fact, uh, DNVGL also has initiated multiple collaborative projects involving 3D printing. Could you highlight a few uh, which you have been a part of or what DNVGL is doing at this uh, moment? Uh, so we are working with a lot of industry partners, um, whether it is in Singapore or Norway or USA. Uh, um, to to jointly collaborate and uh, leverage the technology and validate that uh, that can help the capital intensive industry um, so some of the uh, joint industry projects i can name today are um, we are working we have just recently launched a digital warehouse joint industry project where saudi aramco Valorec, Petro Walls, IMI, Immensa Labs, etc. kind of um, companies, almost uh, 15 to 18 companies are, uh, are there. Um, it, it, through this joint industry projects, we are trying to um, bring a best practice guideline uh, that how, um, how a digital part can be realized and how this can be distributed to the um, printing service bureaus and how safely this can be, you know, physical part can be printed. So the overall print readiness um, aspect will be addressed to, through this digital warehouse JIP. The other one we are doing is a, 
uh, uh, program JIP that we have concluded recently with 20 companies uh, like uh, Equina, Petrobras, uh, etc. But now um, we are entering into phase two of that project and uh, recently we kicked off that joint industry project in Norway uh, where Equinar, Petrobras, uh, Saudi Aramco, Kongsberg Maritime, Aka Solutions kind of companies have uh, joined. And um, this will be um, focusing on uh, bringing uh, uh, guidelines for the technologies that we have not addressed in our first JIP. For example, now we will focus on DED, etc. Also, we have uh, another JIP uh, joint industry project in um, in United States, uh, where we are focusing on corrosion performance of uh, additive manufacturing in Cornell 718 alloy. Um, so where dresser rand, Siemens, Technip FMC, Backerhues, etc. Um, companies are working together with us, uh, where we are trying to uh, solve one particular problem about uh, corrosion performance that is very important for the functional performance of the components um, that are made by AM. So um, we are also um, probably um, it was widely publicized that we have done a very interesting joint industry project last year in Singapore, together with Singapore government agencies uh, like um, Maritime Port Authority, Singapore Shipping Association, and National Additive Manufacturing Innovation Cluster, etc. And uh, uh, together with um, 20 members, uh, in the 10 of them are uh, ship owners and others are suppliers, where we try to uh, establish the techno-economic feasibility of uh, maritime parts, whereas um, the phase two of this JIP, which was very successful in phase one, is um, is will be going to start in uh, after July. So where um, we are already working with some partners, consortium partners um, that we are uh, we are envisaging um, that when when maritime port authority decides about the, the this project uh, that could lead to a production of the parts certification of those parts and installation on board of vessels so the complete uh, life cycle of the um, the part can be validated um, in a real-time environment so the other jip um, we are we are now uh, about to launch uh, in the coming months is about uh, digital certification uh, JIP, uh, where uh, a variety of topics like monitoring of uh, print process and also batch evaluation testings um, and also um, how the the simulations can uh, can reduce some kind of a physical testing. These kind of issues would be uh, would be addressed. So apart from this, um, we are also sponsoring two uh, big projects uh, at Nanyang Technological University in Singapore, where we are sponsoring two PhD students that are leading these projects, um, where we are going to solve uh, fundamental issues related to additive manufacturing, uh, like uh, structure process property correlations, and also design-based uh, innovations, How the qualifications of uh, parts can be linked to the design-related um, issues.
Okay, so I think I think the, the examples you have elaborated uh, definitely shows that there is early interest for AM adoption in in the oil and gas uh, industry. However, uh, it is it being one of the oldest, uh, the industry is known to have a conservative approach towards adopting new technology, and also the certifications and the uh, barriers to entry are quite uh, difficult. So, what steps can be taken to overcome this skepticism, or how can uh, additive manufacturing influence more of the processes in the oil and gas industry? Yeah, thank you, Aditya. Again, uh, this is very relevant question because uh, there are always um, a variety of industry partners. Either um, you can you can tell them some are early adopters and some are very late adopters, and uh, to be successful. Um, in to, to to successfully deploy this uh, technology into oil and gas uh, industry everyone should come with at least at certain uh, pace so um, even though as you mentioned this is traditionally conservative industry however we have seen that um, you know especially when there are downturns like uh, new oil price uh, era now uh, the competitive and regulatory forces in the energy transition also happening, meaning industry try to uh, raise its efficiency and competitiveness through technological innovation. So technological innovation will be a higher agenda in time, from time to time. And um, sometimes we don't need to put efforts. The industry itself um, realize that and approach us. And a lot of uh, industry players are taking initiative and inspiring other companies. Uh, so, so, so all these companies are realizing that rather than spending um, their own research uh, and focusing on uh, finding out what is best for everybody, all are uh, coming together and uh, joining um, joint industry projects like uh, DNVGL uh, is leading. To, to, to create a common atmosphere. So again, coming back to your question, this skepticism is there um, when there are, they are, they, there are the problems or the absence of basic pillars for adoption of any technology. For example, if you are very uncertain uh, of a technology because there are no standards, or you are very uncertain because you cannot um, deploy it um, or test it in a, in a reliable way. So DNVGL actually is bringing approaches, for example, developing standards. We have recently released uh, our new additive manufacturing standard last week. Uh, it, is, uh, it is fourth in a row. Uh, also, we are working with ASTM, API, etc. Um, and closely to, to see that they also bring new standards. So once there are standards available and also the technology qualification guidelines are, um, are proving um, uh, uh, the results that actually are reliable and endorsed by um, oil majors. Uh, so those reference cases actually um, help others to overcome the skepticism and um, coming forward and try their own way. Uh, so we also see that um, by participating in these projects, um, these companies um, can shape the technology for their purpose, because obviously their needs are um, are unique in many cases. So um, 
so so also many companies are realizing if I want to use this and um, and I want to uh, uh, adopt it or um, join this and uh, shape it uh, at an early stage. So we see that um, again to conclude, there are already early adapters that are creating good reference cases that are inspiring others to join. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because what happens is is in the oil and uh, gas industry, uh, the parameters, uh, the 3D printed part or or the spare part needs to go through is is quite uh, uh, you know the heat, the pressure, uh, the kind of uh, you know uh, external parameters it goes through. I think is one of the most rigorous compared to say aerospace or or automotive. So maybe it's comparable to aerospace and other uh, applications where you're really looking at a part going down into the depths of earth. Uh, or or other on or offshore so it's i think valuable insight in terms of uh, how 3d printing is is uh, going to be uh, play a role in the oil and gas industry also the dnvgl article in in our inaugural uh, am journal was was very it was one of the most interesting ones and what do you feel about the am chronicle journal uh, and and your inputs on the same yes um First of all, I must uh, appreciate uh, Aditya, you and uh, your team uh, for taking interest in publishing uh, this kind of uh, very high impact uh, articles um, that are necessary to, um, to uh, accelerate the adoption of AM, uh, which necessarily will help the whole industry. So um, we see that AM Chronicle being a neutral information and content platform for the additive manufacturing and 3D printing industry. You are doing a great job, um, AM Chronicle Journal, um, as, a, as a technical magazine that is coming quarterly. And um, you, are, you are providing quality content and um, helping the Indian additive manufacturing industry to capture uh, and get an overview of what is happening. You are creating a very good valuable um, journal that one should uh, read to um, uh, on, a, on a regular basis to, to capture what is happening and also on a long term I also see you are creating a library of reference where um, people can see how the evolution is happening. Yeah, thank you, uh, uh, Dr. Shastri, for your uh, valuable feedback. And we really thank you for joining us uh, today for this uh, AM Infocast, which was specially uh, you know, designed on the oil and gas industry and, and the 3D printing impact on it. So we thank you a lot for joining us today. So Abhishek and Aditya, uh, and uh, thank you um, your efforts um, and uh, congratulate AM Chronicle Journal to bring this kind of podcast that are even more impactful um, to, to reach uh, more audience um, than what you're already doing. And it's my pleasure to share my views um, on, on this topic. And we hope uh, this will help uh, other, other people who are, um, who are listening uh, would benefit. And we welcome uh, any inquiries and follow-ups um, based on our questions are uh, based on our answers uh, provided here. Thank you. With this, we come to the end of today's episode. 
Our next episode is a conversation with not one, but two industry stalwarts on the global trends pertaining to additive manufacturing in the coming decade. Stay tuned. Visit amchronicle.com for more updates on additive manufacturing and follow the Indian 3D Printing Network and AM Chronicle pages on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening.